Welcome back to the Angie and Mike show. We're getting a little bonus time with Dr. Michael Roizen of the Cleveland Clinic talking about the latest medical research and how you can live younger, which means you can live longer and all that stuff. Dr. Roizen, I go back and forth with my brother who is, uh, he's fairly vegan. And I say that because I catch him eating fish every now and then, but he's pretty much dropped most meats from his lifestyle and um, I, I respect him for it, but you said there's something to keep an eye on with vegan or vegetarian lifestyles as it relates to the bone density. What's going on there? Yeah, so this was an epidemiologic study looking at fracture risk, and it was done in Britain, and it was on 54,000 people who had an average age of 50, and there were 15,000 vegetarians about 38,000 people who ate meat, and around 2,000 vegans. And they followed them for an average of 18 years. Hmm. So it's a long-term study, and vegetarians and fish eaters had roughly a 25% increased risk for hip fracture, and it was twice as much in vegans. So the point is, what's going on? Well, they aren't getting enough calcium, and they aren't getting enough protein in their diets. Now, it's easy to get enough protein and enough calcium with vegans or vegetarians. It's just a matter of you've got to actually think about it. And, and so for vegans um, who don't eat meat, fish, dairy, or eggs, they need to eat a lot of um, beans and a lot of nuts and a lot of seeds to get enough, um, if you will, so that... Uh, they can have the um, ability to have enough protein and then enough leafy greens. And you want the leafy greens um, with something that helps absorb them, such as uh, an avocado or olive oil. Hmm. So one of the keys in veganism that, that you got to make sure is that you have some oil with your leafy greens um, to make sure you can absorb the calcium with it. That's smart to know. Smart to know. And, so, and what I would yeah. always say is there's no reason not to take a calcium and magnesium supplement, 600 milligrams of calcium, 400 milligrams of magnesium. So do take a calcium magnesium supplement. Do take half of a multivitamin morning and night. And do take a lot of vitamin D. That is, um, get your level measured and find out how much vitamin D2 or D3 you need, it's usually about um, 1,000 uh, international units under the age of 60 and 2,000 between 60 and 70. And then between uh, 70 and over, it's often uh, 5,000. Okay, okay. It's it's all about talking to your physician and understanding things. Uh, I mentioned coffee before the break. Um, the health benefits of coffee. You keep talking about this. I don't drink any coffee, but I do drink tea. And uh, the health benefits well, of coffee. Tea is to... usually just as good. Okay, good. So we good. don't have as much data on tea. It's not studied as much in America. But um, when it is studied, it seems to have the same benefits. So let me go through. The, the benefits are, one, it does decrease your risk of diabetes type 2 diabetes, by about 25% if you have four cups or more. Now, this is all for people who are fast metabolizers. That means they have an eight-ounce cup of coffee 
usual 75 to 150 milligrams of caffeine in it, and they don't get heart arrhythmias, headaches, anxiety, or gastric upset. They're fast metabolizers, and they can handle the coffee. Those people um, decrease risk of type 2 diabetes, decrease risk of dementia, Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's by mm. about 40 to 60 percent, decrease risk of 11 cancers, including breast cancer and prostate cancer, by between 20 and 40 percent. So um, major benefits of coffee, it's probably because of the polyphenols. As you get about half the benefit um, from decaf, so it's probably partially caffeine and partially the polyphenols. That's the colored stuff with the coffee. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. So your coffee is good for you, but you have to make sure it isn't you know, getting you all jacked up and messing with arrhythmia, et cetera. And, and you guys know what your limits are. Um, a while back, Doc, there were something called buckyballs that were out on the market. They were these tiny, high-powered magnets. And they were a lot of fun to play with. I know because I've got a couple sets of them. And then they got banned. They were named for Buckminster Fuller because they were shaped like the geodesic domes that he designed. And I'm guessing that um, the the ban on the sales of those miniature magnets has been lifted because you have an item about kids being injured by tiny magnets. Well, the the U.S. government put a ban on them in 2014 because of all the injuries. What happened is they're so strong, the kid swallows it and then gets near something that's magnetic. It pulls his intestine towards that and twists the intestine and caused intestinal ruptures and bowel obstructions that required surgery, etc. So it got banned in 2014. And somehow they sued in court. Um, and the court said this was um, there was no public health uh, justification of this, meaning uh, it's kind of like uh, they said, ah, who cares if kids get hurt? Um, literally, that's what it, it sounded like. And so they allowed them from 2016 to now. But there are so many injuries that there's a big warning about these uh, buckyballs again. Yeah, well, we got to keep an eye. If, if it's a problem, people, why are we bothering selling them? I, I'm not for banning stuff, but this seems to be like common sense, especially because we know kids put stuff in their mouth. Doc, in the remaining time, there's something that caught my eye. People seem to have their body temperatures change. You know, I'm around a lot of uh, seniors with parents and older aunts and uncles. And they're always cold. Does our body temperature change as we get older? What happens as you get older is your hormone levels change. Some change in a way that gives you warmth to the surface, such as menopause. It increases. That's why you have hot flashes. The blood vessels dilate on the skin, and so you feel very warm. Some of them, like decreased thyroid function, mean you're not metabolizing as much and decrease your temperature. And so we have a balance of temperature, but it is our internal temperature, thank God, stays the same. It's whether the skin is cold or warm. Hmm. And that difference is how we sense whether we're cold or warm in general. So we have a very interesting temperature sensing mechanism that relates not to our internal temperature, as much as the difference between the temperature 
near our surface and our internal temperature. Okay. Well, that's cool to know. I've still got a, a solid minute, Doc. So tell me, fish oils, which ones can we take? And is it just... So you got to read the label. Okay. You need to get EPA and DHA. You need 1,100 milligrams a day for preventing stroke and heart attack, 600 or more for preventing dementia. So none of them are perfect, obviously, but that's the amount that you need to have the benefit for that reduction that you get from those. What does it mean? You need to look on the labels. Fish oils have a lot of other stuff with them. All you want is DHA and EPA. You want them as pure as you can get them, and you want 1,100 milligrams a day. How much salmon does that mean? It means six four-ounce portions. That's a lot. Six four-ounce portions of wild salmon a week or nine four-ounce portions of farm salmon or 11 four ounce portions of ocean trout um the other things uh there are very few other fish um that have predictable dha or epa in them okay great his name is dr michael roizen and he is the best thank you my friend my privilege thank you